everybody. Uh, we're going to do a little weird mini hiatus episode to tide you over before we get into 1996 for real, which won't be happening until sometime after Thanksgiving. So um, we were thinking that we would do an episode that's modeled after a podcast that I listen to. It's called The Great Debates, where basically um, people do, they jump into um, debates with no prep, often without any knowledge of uh, the topics that they're they're discussing. And so um, we're going to force Travis and Quillen to do two little spontaneous debates here. We're going to start with a mini debate. We're going to jump right into it. Um, I'm going to put a minute on the clock for opening statements for each of you, and then you can freely respond to one another. But I'm going to give you... Uh, I'm going to give you a total of three minutes for the entire debate. So this is a mini debate. Uh, this is a provable statement, but you guys don't know the answer. Uh, so Travis, you're going to take the pro. Quillen, you're going to take the con. The statement is, Pavement has more monthly Spotify listeners than Deep Blue something. Trav, one minute on the clock. Uh, yes, Travis, for the prosecution. Uh, pavement has established a legacy over a number of years that has created an entire fan base that would listen to their entire catalog. Uh, five albums. Five uh, albums varying from classic to very good, um, where somebody might just put it on Spotify and listen to it and gather streams. And, um, you know, there's the, the pavement sound which is uh, very distinctive and identifiable as only having belonged to pavement. Whereas Deep Blue Something, uh, maybe not as much. I don't know that they have that same identifiable sound. So I would think that maybe if you were to turn on pavement radio, uh, like also uh, Spotify might suggest cut your hair as like something that would go along with other um, radio stations for other similarly indie minded bands. Um, All right. We'll consider that Travis's opening statement. Quillen, you have one minute to respond. Okay. Well, while deep blue, something may not have a uh, definitive an influential sound they do have a historically great and important single by the name of uh breakfast at tiffany's that uh many people have listened to uh for ages upon ages and uh that did not stop as we entered the spotify age um who are the people that listen to music everybody but only elitists listen to pavement. Everybody listens to Deep Blue Something. The every man, the every woman, the every person, the every child. Uh, Deep Blue Something really just uh, really hit a uh, nerve uh, in the, uh, amongst the masses uh, with the wonderful, important, uh, beautiful hit, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something. <laughs> Perfectly timed. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'm gonna give you two minutes to freely hash it out from this point forward. Uh, no turns. Bloodbath. Okay. Boy, I said I about everything I had to say about this, but here we go. Uh, my esteemed colleague same. has made a hard a, same. A fine. A fine point about the the great song "Breakfast at Tiffany's." However, pavement. 
I mean, they had like three breakfast at Tiffany's on Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain alone. You got Cut Your Hair, you got Range Life, you got Gold Sounds. Those songs... Did any of those songs reach the uh, the mass appeal of uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, though? Yeah. I mean, were they featured on VH1? I mean, not unless it was for your mom. <laughs> <laughs> they were... They were popular with everybody else you know they uh they had uh other singles in addition to that i mean there are some people there are like even different camps within pavement uh fans who like maybe just the early stuff and slanted slanted and Mm -hmm. enchanted and Mm -hmm. then they became more interested in the stuff later on yeah um what about the uh the the uh, the, deep blue something fans i mean they they did have that one song uh uh the the breakfast at tiffany's yeah um and uh, you know i i couldn't tell you anything else about any 10 else seconds about the band uh, they were like those later uh deep blue something fans who maybe like the the later material who well, thought they maybe know, sold like, out with breakfast at tiffany's parents of kids probably shared uh the song of breakfast at tiffany's with with said children on on the spotify's and uh uh, you know, you know, kids, they just listen to the same song over and over and over repeatedly when they love it. And, uh, All right. We're going to, uh, we're going to cut things there unless you'd like to make any closing statements. No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I just want to say, I didn't mean anything by, uh, offending your mother. Here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say, who I have to declare a winner without looking at the provable, element of things here um i i i think just based on your arguments i would assume that travis is right um five albums yeah cult following as opposed to one song um if you can abandon your positions what do you think the correct answer is pavement yeah i do think it's probably pavement okay Pavement has 1.1 million monthly Spotify followers. Deeply Something has 2.4 million monthly Spotify followers. So I think here's the thing that you need to think about, the thing that I, I would not necessarily have thought about, and it's depressing to think about, but, you know, think about the number of, um, like, 90s classics playlists that people might be listening to or think about Mm. restaurants and bars restaurants and bars the number of listens that uh breakfast at tiffany's must get at at restaurants and bars but the ones that are always suggested to me include cut your hair and they include um autumn sweater constantly by yola tango always like that's on every single suggested like autoplay thing yeah I got to say, I was looking for a way to, um, firstly, what I really deeply wanted to ask you, I thought this would be a main debate topic. I wanted to say, Pavement's best-selling album sold more copies than Red Hot Chili Peppers' worst-selling album. That was what I wanted the prompt to be, but I couldn't find the stats for Mm. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, it's really hard to find album sales stats online. I, I found something that said that Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain has sold 335,000 copies. That's it? Um, 
Uh, that does seem like a small number. It to does, me. yeah. But I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that wasn't a reliable place. Wow. Um, and then I, I kind of cycled through some other options for um, pavement versus you know monthly Spotify listeners. Uh, pavement versus Toad. What do you think? Uh, pavement. Pavement. Yeah, pavement. One point one million. Uh, toad wet sprocket. Seven hundred eleven thousand. Mm. Pavement versus cake. Ooh, cake. 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 Pavement versus presidents? Presidents. It's presidents. Presidents, okay. Pavement versus Our Lady Peace? Our Lady Peace. Yeah, Our Lady Peace. Pavement. Wow, wow no kidding. Pavement versus New Radicals? Pavement. Uh, oh, I would say New Radicals. Yeah, New Radicals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, those were the other options that I was considering. Wow. All right, well, uh, let's not waste time. We already spent nine minutes here. Um, we're going to go into our main debate here. Um, this time, Quillen taking the pro. Oh, um, I'll put two minutes on the clock, but don't hesitate to say that you're done when you're done. Uh, Travis taking the con. Kurt Cobain would like Vampire Weekend. Here we go. <laughs> uh, is the, the clock running right now? Clock is running. Okay. Hmm. Kurt Cobain. You're <laughs> really buying into this. Would like Vampire Weekend because they are the most deceivingly the most punk band you can think of. They, uh, you know, you, when you think of punk, you think of counterculture, you think of uh, ripped up denim jackets, torn black tight jeans, tall boots, spikes, mohawks, uh, you know, I mean, that's a specifically, I guess, crust punk, right, uh, version of that, but uh, uh, what is more punk than... Uh, uh, rebelling against the very institution of, of punk rock. So why not buy into these four white males uh, who wear polo shirts and, and boat shoes and, and tight khakis and play, you know, uh, uh, clean channel, big, uh, hollow body guitar, Paul Simon rock, um, <laughs> uh, you know, with, uh, with, uh, uh, four piece string section and, and, uh, uh, piano and harpsichord, uh, but with like a slight punk edge, like there are some vampire weekend songs, like a punk, uh, has a little bit of a, a punk, uh, tempo to it. Um, what is the song on Contra that, um, has a very uh punk feel to it um, um that's that's time oh, so dang. you'll have to get back to it in yeah. uh when we're when we're free skating um travis two minute opening statement starts now there is no way that kurt cobain would like vampire weekend i expect that vampire weekend were the dudes in his high school who watched him get beat up by the bullies and uh, went about their business. Um, they are too sophisticated 
too clean cut, too cool. And um, Kurt Cobain could not connect with them in any sort of way. They, they sort of put off this sophisticated sort of cultural um, uh, vibe where they're, they're looking into these abstract sort of concepts and, and implementing them to the, into their songs, where Kurt Cobain is um, going for a more visceral sort of like um, internal um, thing where, where he's, he's trying to communicate um, his own like uh, emotional sort of like output. Um, and I don't know that uh, Vampire Weekend sort of has that sort of same thing. They have a song called A Punk, but that does not make their songs a punk songs. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> they, uh, you know, they could dress it up however they like, but that does not make them uh, what they say they are. Um, their last album was a bunch of Grateful Dead covers. So um, uh, Kurt Cobain would not think that's very cool. He didn't think Fish was cool. And uh, he didn't think Tide Ed uh, boat shoes were cool. So, um, yeah, I would think that Kurt Cobain would scoff at the vampire weekend and he would say, go back to your family's cottages on Cape Cod and, uh, uh, stay out, stay out of the business. I have one word for you. Cousins. That's the song I was trying to think of on Contra. That's a punk song. Kind of, sort of, uh, (laughs) It's the closest thing they've ever done to a punk song. And uh, I think that, you know, considering Kurt's uh, uh, affinity for for uh, uh, pop melody uh, uh, buried underneath the the sludge and the the uh, heaviness of his guitar, uh, Cousins half has that. It has the melody and, and the, the uh, uh, wannabe of of punk cousins uh, is fast but it is not necessarily a punk song and i don't know that kurt cobain would think paul simon is very punk so he would say that uh that cousins is a fast clean paul simon song and that there is no room for them uh in the the seattle grunge scene and uh or i mean he didn't necessarily think that all seattle grunge bands were like great but um <laughs> I, I i don't know that he would think that uh the the vampire weekend were were um uh worthy of recognition beyond that point i think he would find uh uh something in common with them though in that uh they probably like the beatles okay I can't. I can't deny that. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, and uh, also, but not not Paul Simon. You don't think Kurt liked Paul? I think they both probably liked the Buzzcocks. Mm. But that's not a point I'm trying to make on your behalf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this sucked. Uh, I gotta say, Quill's opening statement, I think, was the most compelling part of the debate. I think when he said that the uh, rebelling against the fact that punk has become conformist 
and that uh, probably a lot of our most successful punks are wealthy and hide their wealth behind this. I mean, this, more or less, that's what uh, I was saying. Sure. Yeah, that's totally what I was trying to behind get behind this. Uh, the, the, this, you know, these carefully manicured, ripped jeans, and here's this band that's willing to say, "Yes, our parents do have a country club membership, and uh, we're going to acknowledge mm-hmm. uh, the existence of wealth inequality." And um, I got to say, I think the thing that was maybe left on the table here was that. Uh, you know, Kurt Cobain was kind of a softy mm-hmm. too, and I think that Kurt Cobain would like a song like Hannah Hunt. Mm. Um, I, I don't know about quite that. a bit. Yeah. Um. So did you did you both feel like the idea that Kurt Cobain would like Vampire yes. Weekend was preposterous? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, I feel like there's a little room. Uh, and, you know, it's not just cousins. I mean, think about something I like that. I think that Young. he would like. Uh, uh, they're too clean, way too clean. Uh, yeah. I think that there, there is definitely yeah. non-punk bands that he would. I, I could see him liking, but Vampire Weekend is not one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, uh, the overt whiteness, and um, I mean, Kurt listened to a lot of white music, but um. Like the overt whiteness and like uh, upper class um, aspect, I think would mm-hmm. be a, a clear turnoff. Yeah, there was always sort of a gnarly quality to the bands that he liked, like the Wipers or like you know something that was like kind of like even the, even Pixies who were like yeah. you know the only I like mean, straight up pop band really was the Beatles, right? Like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's the only I thing can't that tell I know you. Of. Uh, a vampire weekend song with distortion on it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a, a special hiatus episode of Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. We may or may not ever do this again, but we'll be back with our uh, regularly scheduled 1996 programming. Yeah. Uh, pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.